ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Man, I'm a little hoarse today. I know. I was going to ask if you wanted me to do the intro. It's normally your job, but yeah. And I'll tell everybody he's still a handsome boy. Don't get me wrong, but that handsome boy looks tired. What's going on over there, Rumi? Well, this will air much later than this actually happened. But last night was the rap party for season nine of The Walking Dead. Got my little dance on. Did a little singing. Did a little karaoke. Uh, but it was one of those places where it was like really loud and there's a lot of music, so you had to like yell at everybody. So everything felt like you were just screaming. And then, like, by the end of the night, I was like, oh, I was screaming. <laughs> it was Wouldn't fun it be time? funny if I was the only one who thought that was happening and everybody's like, why was Aaron just screaming at us all <laughs> night long? Your voice is hoarse right now, but everybody else who worked on The Walking Dead this season's ears are hurting right now. Yeah. And like, yeah, why was McLean yelling? Why was that visual effects supervisor guy yelling the whole time? Screaming at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's like that? Amanda. I hate going... Amanda, my wife, I hate going to weddings with her because yeah. it is loud, but like you need to go from like this level to two notches up to make it heard. She leans all the way in. So she's almost touching your ear and she screams her mother loving head off. And you're like, I'm right here. And also you, you had to yell during, you know, the first dance music. You had to yell in my ear about like the groceries that you want to buy on Friday of this week. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. My wife never does that. She either does that or she does the exact opposite. And this is mostly at concerts where <laughs> concerts, she'll be standing in front of me and she'll turn around and say an entire paragraph in regular speaking. And I have no clue what she said. And she nods her head like, right? And I'm like, yep. And she turns around. The amount of shit that my wife has told me during a concert that I will never, never know what she said. <laughs> I mean, it's probably still about those groceries on Friday. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, damn, we didn't get those groceries. Remember I told you about them at the wedding? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was good. Oh, uh, that's too funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, enough about those groceries and those weddings. What are we talking about today, Rumi? I'll let you introduce this. All right. Today, we got a, a topic that we're going to call hidden gems and, and yeah. prepping for it. I feel like this can be, if this goes well, I feel like we can definitely do more than one episode about this. But I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, because I think we'll have a lot of entries. The idea behind this one is movies, TV shows, songs, comic books, stuff that you feel doesn't get the credit it deserves, stuff that you feel like you're the only one of your friends who knows about it. And then you, you know, you turn other people onto it and they come back to you and are like, damn, that was awesome. And like, you don't know why it's not, you know, more critically acclaimed or why more people, you know, don't talk about that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I sat down to, to put a list together and I immediately got like a dozen movies. And I wanted to try to get songs. I wanted to try to get TV yeah. shows and comic books. So we'll see how this goes. But I think I think at the very least, this will give you guys, I mean, the people who are listening, I think you guys, ho -ho, hopefully you like most of the shit we talk about. And hopefully you trust us to a certain extent when we say something is cool. But yeah, hopefully this guy, this gives you some fun homework to do and some fun, uh, some fun stuff to, to, to track down and, and give a watch or give a listen or give a read to. Totally. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun putting this list together. I have an album on here. I have some some songs um, that I really like. I have some comic books, got some movies. 
Yeah, got a video game on here. Rumi, stop yelling. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to go first, Rumi. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I got got this. I got this. I'm going to yell at you about this. What if I said no? What if I was like, no, I wanted to go first. We have the first ever argument. Or what? (laughs) <laughs> when me and Ruby used to live together every once in a while we'd get into an argument about something and it's usually me would challenge him with or what and then it would usually turn into a wrestling match and then we'd go about our days <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very like cartoon t- Tom and Jerry shit where it was like or what yeah. and then you just see like a dust cloud, a cloud with like legs yeah. and feet like sticking out like hands and Punching noises, pieces. <laughs> yeah, and then we'd both sit there, scuffed up, and be like, "Fine," <laughs> and then go about our day. <laughs> and then, like in a couple hours, it's like, "Oh man, Rumi, did you see this? Want to play Nerf Crack House?" <laughs> <laughs> we were really good roommates, I think. I think we. Were I think we'd be even better now. I don't think our wives would allow it, but oh man, yeah. it would be even better now. Oh, it'd be ridiculous, and we'd probably break things. That's true. We didn't break a lot of stuff back then. No, I mean, already we we're breaking my wife's lamps. We're breaking- <laughs> don't say we, man. That was all you. I mean, that was, I, I mean, if I wasn't there, I don't think it would have happened, but I didn't well, break yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't be rocketeer hand high-fiving up into the lamp. <laughs> Although that said now, we live literally more than a half of a country apart and we still high-five. I know, that's pretty funny. But so all yeah, right, go w- for it. You, you, you go first. If you're, you're so excited. Let me yeah, hear I'm it. so excited. I'm so excited. I don't think anybody's, I, like, I feel like nobody's talking about this. I never heard anything about it. It's fucking insane have you seen these avengers movies dude avengers movies yeah oh the oh like ninja turtles kind of but like <laughs> there's like a bunch of them and like one dude's like like got a boner for america he's got a shield and like one oh, dude's yeah, like Cap- a, <laughs> oh yeah lieutenant us i've heard of that yeah and then one dude's a, <laughs> i feel like nobody's talking about it man and fucking man they're so such high quality <laughs> Well, it's weird because there's there you know those those are actually based on funny books and some of the licensing is split up over different companies. So, like for example, they don't have the licensing for Arachnid Boy anymore. So that's Sony um, has Arachnid Boy. Oh, interesting. Well, it was pretty damn cool because that like <laughs> California raisin came in and snapped and everybody disappeared. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah, nobody's ever heard of it. So well you done. guys should check that out. If you haven't seen it, check out The Avengers. Oh, oh, I have seen that. I have oh, seen yeah? that. That's the, yeah, it's Uma Thurman and a guy in a bowler hat. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one too. Not a hidden gem though. That movie kind of stunk. <laughs> Leave that one hidden. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today. We're definitely not talking about Avengers. We're talking about movies that you may not have seen, as Matt said. So the one that I want to drop is one of my favorite creature features, and it's called Splinter. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. I think it's such a cool movie, but it's it's kind of like these people go camping and they get kidnapped by a thief and his kind of junky girlfriend who's going through withdrawal. And it's just a really cool creature feature. They get trapped at a gas station and there's this like black slime that has splinters on it. And if you touch the splinter, it infects your body and you start like twitching out and dying. But... What's crazy is the creature evolves throughout the movie. So, you know, one guy's arm gets infected and like Evil Dead 2, he chops it off. And then this one person gets ripped in half, but the arm and the ripped in half body and these guys torso, they all start coming together with the black goo and turn into this big like body part monster. And it's pretty freaking cool. Came out in 2008. 
is directed by Toby Wilkins and I don't know. I just I just really like it. It's a little shaky cam because they didn't have a huge budget to show the monster, but that's my only negative thing about it. Everything else about it I think is really well crafted, really cool creature, freaking scary. I think it's great. Now, I actually watched this uh, a couple of years ago, a couple a couple of years ago because the female lead is Jill Wagner who is the on the ground reporter on Wipeout and I think she's cool and I think she's hot and I talked to her when I was on Wipeout. Oh man, if we ever talked about it before, if you guys haven't watched Wipeout, I was on Wipeout and I do really <laughs> well. You should you should look that up. It was an episode called something about rose ceremony, the most ridiculous rose ceremony ever, or the worst rose ceremony. I think it was the worst, worst rose ceremony ever. I think it was in season four of Wipeout in the winter. But anyway, look that up because I'm on it. But Jill Wagner is the you know, the correspondent who's like talking to the contestants and shit. Oh. And uh, I looked up, tried to look up what other stuff she was in. She was also in the Blade TV show. Ooh, with sticky fingers? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we definitely need this podcast just to get some of this stupid knowledge out of our head. Like, I know, right? Know that? That, that show was not bad. I, no, I that give show it was way better than it should have been or than yeah. it deserved to be. That was that was that was a cool show, but I was like, "What else is she in?" And she was in that one, the one that you just said, uh, Splinter. Yeah, I don't remember the effects. I it sounds like you're making it out to be like a real cool effects movie, which I should probably give it another chance. Like I said, it's low budget, so there's a little bit of shaky cam to hide the low budgetness of it. But mm. The concept is so cool, and the fact that you have like a body part monster chasing people through a gas station is kind of badass. That's pretty cool. I, I, I've I've seen it before. I don't own it. I don't remember. I must have pay-per-viewed it or remember pay-per-view yeah. remember that was yeah, remember that yeah you could remember call video from your, stores call from your house phone <laughs> press buttons on a phone what do you got Rumi? give me one well i'll keep you i'll keep you in um in movies i have a movie from 2002 i think you've heard of it let's see how many other people have called equilibrium you're familiar with this movie yes sir that's the movie where batman does some like kung fu stuff yeah it's it's uh it's equilibrium 2002 it was directed by Kurt Wimner, who also wrote it. Stars Christian Bale, Emily Watson, a couple other people that don't matter. Oh no, that's not true. It's got a uh, what's his name in it? Ty Ty Diggs? Did I make Tay that Diggs? up? And I'm, am I a racist? I think it's Tay Diggs. Let's ask Jeremy Reiner. It is. <laughs> it is Tay Diggs, but yeah, he's in it. And uh, no one else really named Christian Bale's the only name, and uh, a guy who was in Braveheart is in it as well. But it is this dystopian future kind of fahrenheit 451 type of style and you're not allowed to have relics of the past there's a lot of big brother type shit going on mm-hmm. and there are these special special like soldiers special police force i believe they're called the clerics and they have these really cool matrix 2 type outfits it's very much matrix kind of before well it looks very matrix it's very stylized they have these cool outfits and they have these cool semi-automatic pistols. Well, not semi-automatic, automatic pistols. But I mean, they're all like big desert eagles. Yeah, yeah, huge. And they, they have this thing. I don't know if it's officially called this in the movie, but it's called Gunkata. And it is close combat fighting with pistols. And there's multiple times in this movie where Christian Bale or someone else is surrounded, you know, by a circle of bad guys about a foot away from him. And they just go ham doing this awesome karate slash shooting style where some people are getting shot, some people are getting their faces smashed with these guns, and it is some of the coolest fighting that I've ever seen. And it's like, think of, you know, the cool shootout scenes in the first Matrix, like when he walks through the metal detector and all that slow motion stuff. 
it's like that, but not in slow motion. I think almost everything is in real time, but some of it might be slow motion. But it's just got all these really, really cool fight scenes. And at the end, there's a big fight, you know, not to spoil much, but there's a fight scene between Christian Bale and the main bad guy. And Sean Bean's the main bad guy. Scene Bean? Sean Bean? How do we pronounce his name? Jeremy, help me. Scene Bean. Scene Bean. Sean Sheen Bean's Bean. the bad guy, right? No. Oh, he's in it, though. Forget, yeah, I forget who he is. The main bad guy is the guy who's like the big brother character of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. I'm looking him up. I remember this movie, and I actually own this movie, and I haven't seen it in a long time, and I, you're making me want to watch it again, because just looking at some of these pictures, it's like, this movie looks really badass, really stylized, um, and like you said, <clears throat> badass action scenes, and I do remember a lot of that. He had these cool little, like, uh, gun clips, bullet clips that he could roll out, and, like, he knew exactly where he would need to reload if he's walking down this hall killing all these guys. So he would throw these like little balls out with like a clip attached to the bottom and then like roll into it to reload his guns really quick. Because he's like shooting down a hallway and he throws those out midway through the fight ahead of him and they're weighted so that the gun, the ammo clips are standing straight up. So as he's shooting everyone down this hallway, he does a forward roll. And as he does the forward roll, he you know, disengages the previous clip and then slams the gun over the new clip that is already standing halfway down the hall. It is super badass. And the, the end fight scene, it's like it's like a karate fight, but with guns. So they keep trying to shoot each other in the face, but are blocking each other's guns back and forth. It's super fucking cool. Um, I got to say, it's one of those movies that after the first or second time you see it, you're probably just going to go back and watch the fight scenes. You don't really need to watch the rest of the movie. It it does yeah. its own. Like it stands on its own, and it's fun, and it's good. But it's not like a movie that like you're excited to watch the whole thing every time. You're just waiting for those fight scenes. After you see it, the first time, it's certainly not labor. You could do it, and it's fun. But after you watch it once, you're not going to need to see the whole movie multiple times. But it is definitely worth it just for the fight scenes. And it's this is the first movie I thought of when we came up with this topic for today's episode, Hidden Gems, because it you watch it and the first thing I think about is why don't more people talk about this? It's so it really is so badass. And like Christian Bale, Tay Diggs, all these other people, there's gonna be a lot of people you recognize. No one deserves any Oscars for their acting. No one deserves any Oscars for storytelling. But the fight scenes alone are just so fucking cool. That the choreography, you're like, yeah. Yeah, you're like, why Why isn't this a bigger deal? So, Equilibrium 2002, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. And while we go through these, let us know. You agree with us, disagree? Have you heard of these movies before? Or is this the first time hearing? We all, you know, we always want to hear from you guys. We love getting the feedback. We love hearing what you're responding to. We love it when you guys hit us up on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on our Twitter, at LaunchpadPod. We'll just throw it out early. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> the next one on my list... It's, you know, keeping with badass choreography and, and action. I am a huge fan of like kung fu movies. And uh, recently, more recently, there's a, been a big wave of Indonesian action films. And I recently talked about it on What Have You Been Watching? The, uh, the Night Comes For Us, I thought was a really cool, uh, really cool fight movie. Really bloody. One of our friends, though, um, on, on Instagram hit us up. I was like, nah, the choreography was sloppy. Not into it. And I was like, what? Hey, teach their own. But. I'm going to bring up two movies to briefly... Well, I'm going to bring up The Raid first. Okay. Do you think Do you think The Raid is a hidden gem, or has that got pretty good exposure? I just don't know, because I felt like that was like marketed directly to me, 
So I was always aware <laughs> of it and like couldn't wait for it to come out. But then it came out and it was like in the one tiny like art house theater and it was like I I didn't I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that small of a movie. I feel like the raid is was one of those like in the know movies. I feel like me you I feel like most of our listeners probably are familiar with that one, but the public at large wouldn't be. That's that's what my thought would be. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'll give a brief description. It is to me one of the perfect action films. Mm. Within 10 minutes, you know the whole plot. Cop with a pregnant wife, so you care about him, is on <laughs> a small team that has to fight their way up a, a like a 10-story apartment building, capture and arrest the gangster at the top floor and fight their way back down. And then early on you realize that they're kind of isolated because it's a secret mission and none of their like cop friends know about it. So they're they're pretty much on their own. So the stakes are high. You know what's going to happen. The movie plays out. There's nothing left but twists, turns, and fight scenes. Like, that's it. So simple. So perfect. Its sequel messed that up with even cooler fight scenes, more badass fight scenes, but the plot was so convoluted and unnecessary when you see how simple and perfect the first raid is. Love this movie. The fight scenes are insane. Yeah, and this Freaking is, you know, phenomenal. if some of this sounds familiar... You may be more familiar with the newer Dread movie, which pretty much ripped off everything from this. I mean, it's, yes. it's at least the bones of this movie. But this movie is actually the people that know it, I think, are most familiar. There's one fight scene that is one long take, and it's you know from a side shot that just follows this guy down a hallway. And he's fucking people up, and then he gets knocked down. And there's a lot of like breathing where like two guys fight, they both get knocked down. You know, the one guy's holding his wounded side and they're they're breathing, they're breathing. All right, then they get back into it for another 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and one guy gets killed or beat up, then the guy moves to the next guy. And it just is deliberately long. And I feel that, you know, if you're familiar with the TV show Daredevil, that has one or two of those fights a season. And I feel like whether it's a ripoff or an homage, that is, this movie, The Raid, is where that style of fight choreography i won't say originated but at least started to become you know more part of the public conscience you know big big time and i mean i think early kung fu movies are where it started sure you i know, guess Shaw that's true, Brothers, right? stuff like that but like the raid really i think brought it back into a new level of of oh this is what we can do with steady cams now this is what we can do with with editing now and like using new tricks to revamp you know fight choreography to this next level. Yeah, it's definitely a more awesome sophisticated um, way of storytelling those fights, you know? And and its sequel is also good, but not as good as the first one. I think the first one is one of just the, the best action films. And I got a few more. I have quite a few uh, Indonesian action films on here, so we'll talk about those. But what's your next one, Rumi? Got a couple one. Let's see. Let's do, while we're doing action movies, there is a 1986 gem that none other than Steve Prince, my uh, co-creator for the, the Destroyer, brought yeah. to my attention. Band of the Hand. It is the wackiest fucking 80s action movie you will ever see. It is all the weird things about 80s movies crammed into one. It starts with a montage of all these troubled teens, you know, getting in trouble for different things from fucking murder to like bullshit stuff. And the system just doesn't know what to do with them. So instead of throwing them in juvie again, they go to live on this in this swamp with this old, he's supposed to be Native American, but you wouldn't know it except they say it, um, you know, like 
Green Beret type guy who's like, you know, if you want to sleep tonight, you got to build your own shelters. And these kids are like, oh, I'm not doing that. And then there's fucking danger and they start to learn. They have to work together as a team to, you know, to hunt and they, they become badasses. Then they go back to like the ghetto and they have to take on drug dealers and shit. The drug dealer is uh, Larry Fishburne. Um, they get this big house that's like a big condo. And for some reason, they paint it every wild ass pastel color that the 90s had to offer. But they do it in 1986. So they're ahead of the time. It, <laughs> we've watched it for shitty movie not once, but twice in the last two years because it's so fucking great. Um, it ends up looking like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse with a bunch of gangster kids fighting other gangsters. But this is like L.A. This is like South Central yes, L.A., huh? Yeah. And it is funny because it, like everything I'm describing, I'm sure in your minds, you're all able to like kind of come up with what you think I'm talking about. But the best, I think it's the best of uh, part of this movie is tonally, it shifts a lot. There are some times where it feels almost family friendly and, you know, the, the, it's not very serious. The kids are like, oh my goodness, this Green Beret is weird. He's making us do weird shit like eat rats. And sometimes it's funny. But then like people's fucking girlfriends get killed and you're like, wait, what? Now we're serious? Nope. Now we're painting a house. We're tricking like Tom Sawyer style, tricking other gangsters and gangbangers to paint our house bright pink. And it's like, <laughs> wait, oh. wait, they're like, what are you doing, kid? Oh, I'm having a great time painting the house. Ooh, let me try, kid. It's a little bit more sophisticated, but like the gangbangers oh, okay. come by and they're making fun of, you know, our title characters for... Um, you know, painting this house and then they, they like, I don't know, like out badass them by talking. And then the other guys are like, whoa, we should help paint this house. It's really, it's fucking wild. And then it has a like last ditch assault from starting the main characters. They assault the, the bad guys. There's like a big Coke dealer or some sort of drug dealer. They assault his drug empire, his drug uh, faculties. And they assault that with also one of their girlfriends is involved. Like they're like, she didn't get this green beret training, but they give her a gun and sign her up anyway. Wow. It is. Oh, Lauren Holly's in it. You have to watch it. And it's definitely like, I know that I've talked about shitty movie Sunday. If you guys, you know, don't know exactly what shitty movie Sunday is. James Remar is in it. Um, shitty movie Sunday is when me and a bunch of friends just get together and we watch these, these type of movies, just make fun of them. I don't drink, so I don't drink during that, but like other people do. And this is the kind of shit that like, Having a couple beers, having some snacks, and just laughing your ass off with your friends. Band of the Hand is definitely that type of movie. This looks ridiculous. I'm looking at the the DVD covers and the old school posters for it. It just looks, this looks bananas, dude. It was $7 on Blu-ray on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty And pretty I'm telling great. you right now, if you like our show, if you like the, me, the stuff me and Rumi talk about, it, it, if you like that, Go spend the $7 on Amazon. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next one, I'm going, to, I'm going to stick with the action movies. I got two real quick that I'll bring up. Tony Jaa is a action mm. movie uh, actor who does a lot of stunts, and he is incredibly physical, does incredibly impressive action stunts. And he did two movies um, back in the day, back in the 90s. Let's see. When did this come out? Ong Bak came out in 2003, and then The Protector uh, came out shortly after that. And these movies are just 
phenomenally fun to watch. Just great fight scenes. Really cool. Protector came out in 2005. Really cool fight scenes. Really cool choreography. Again, the plots don't matter, but the the one that I want to bring up, they're both worth checking out if you haven't heard of them, Ong Bak and The Protector. The Protector has a fight scene in it that is a seven-minute cam shot where they get into this like long big atrium at some sort of like restaurant casino type place and there's a staircase that circles around the outside of this big open area and he walks in and the camera follows him up the stairs as he's like kicking dudes out these windows down into the atrium and it just follows him up the stairs for seven minutes straight just fight 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 throwing people through windows kicking in doors just dudes attacking him with chains and and every time He'll throw them over the balcony and then the camera will pan down and they're like down on the ground. There's like, you know, and they must have a giant airbag that they put in. The guys drop into it and then they pull the airbag out and lie them on the floor. And it's, it's just such an impressive scene. It was one of those, as we were talking about long steady cam shots, I wanted to bring it up because it's one of those ones you're watching and this guy's kicking ass, kicking ass and you go, they haven't cut. They've been following him kicking ass for like six minutes straight. So the choreography for this is insane. So cool. See, now, I got to admit to you, Rumi, I've never seen either of these movies because mm-hmm. of you. Why? Because when we lived together, you were walking around with such a boner for these that you were knocking stuff in our apartment over with it. <laughs> and you were like, you got to watch Unbox. You No, it's all... I think you were saying it's all real. He does all of his own stunts and... You made some sort of pretty outlandish claim, which I kind of forget what it was, but you made it like a challenge. And you were like, no, for real, like he really killed a guy. I was like, I don't think they could do that. You're like, no, you got to watch it. It's incredible. And you pushed it so hard that I was like, I'm not watching that. (laughs) That's hysterical because the whole point. And usually if I get that excited about something, no, it's it's he he does all his own stunts and a lot of them don't have wires. So, like, he does the splits and slides under a moving car, and, like, he did that. Like, that's freaking crazy. That's And you you were pushing it so hard that I was like, um, on general principle, I'm just not going to do this right now. I'll, I'll get to it another time. And you were pushing it so hard, and I <sighs> still, like, I still haven't seen it yet. But now, after, I don't know, what, 15 years of knowing each other, I trust your judgment more. So, <laughs> if you're... <laughs> <laughs> I've earned that trust. Uh, more, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You liked Halloween. You didn't like it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't heard our reviews for either of those two movies, check it out. We get. I think we do a good job of of kind of dissecting them, but we're on different sides of the fence both times. But check those out. But uh. We both didn't like The Predator. Oh, I thought it was fun. No, we both chat on it. Oh, it was stupid. I'll buy it. <laughs> of course. But anyway, I'll, I'll check out Ong Bak and uh, what's the other one? The Protector? The Protector. Yeah. I would go for The Protector first, maybe. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough, tough decision. Which I would try, if I can, I would try to do which one was made but first. Just, just, yeah, Ong Bak came first. I think, though, just on principle, just knowing you... I can tell you right now, I think one of your reviews will be like, yeah, they just fought a long time and I got tired of awesome fight scenes, which sounds like no, something you might say. Because in my old age, I appreciate that now. Like, I'm, I don't have time for fucking, like, plot. Don't, don't give me, if you're going to do plot, you better do it right. 
Well, I think, I, I don't know what movie we were talking about, but you're like, I was just exhausted by the amount of fight scenes. Like, it was just action, 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 action. And I was just like, I see no problem with any of those words. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes there are just fights to be fights and it gets a little boring. But that's that the fights are not cool. If the fights are awesome, then okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's I, like I'm super hot shit. boobs. You could look at super hot boobs all day long, but like. After a couple minutes of just looking at hot boobs, you're just looking at boobs and who cares? <laughs> but boobs with a plot, now that I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next one? Speaking of boobs with a plot. <laughs> um, let's see. The next one I'll do, keeping with action. Now, this is a more recent movie that I th- feel like maybe more people have seen because this was on Netflix, but it's definitely a movie that like I'll talk to people like you or I who, you know, this is our bread and butter, but they haven't heard of it. 2014, The Guest, yep. st- uh, starring Dan Stevens. This movie was so fucking cool. You've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, you, did you see it because I told you or had you seen yes. it? Yes. Uh, multiple people. You told me and Jeff okay. Kent told me and yeah, everybody was saying this movie was badass. Yeah, so maybe this is technically not a hidden gem, but... My favorite thing about this is I saw this at Sundance and in it was a great year for Sundance and I actually have another movie that I saw there on this as well. But the 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 summary of this movie was, you know, a, a soldier returns from, you know, war and he goes to the family of his dead friend, but he's not what he seems. And that's like what the summary was. But that yeah. happens in the first like three minutes of the movie, five minutes of the movie that exact thing kind of plays out. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, what is this about? And Dan Stevens uh, is this really cool, really nice, really laid back, but serious kind of guy who goes to this family's house and he's like, listen, your son died. They, they know, but he's like, your son died in war. I was his best friend. We go, you know, they look at a picture of them, you know, in Iraq or wherever they, I think it was Iraq, but wherever they were. And it's the guy's in the picture. So it's not like he's lying, lying. He's not making up an identity thing. He was that guy. And as the movie goes on, he helps the son with a bully. Uh, he does some other shit, but then he like kills someone to get a gun. And he starts doing this real weird shit that you're like, wait, what is this about? And I don't know. Should we kind of spoil it or? I mean, I don't think we need to spoil it, spoil it. But you can say like it's has, just it, it basically the government wants him back for whatever purposes he has served. Uh, he knows too much and he wasn't supposed to leave and he's been hiding out with his family and when they come to get him, turns into an all-out shootout. He's also kind of crazy and um, it has like this really cool scene at the end at, like a, a Halloween dance. Yep, with some big homages to Halloween 3. Yeah, really cool stuff in there. And um, It's really I cool. Mean, the fight scenes are really good. Like this isn't Ungbok or Equilibrium level awesome fight scenes, but it is super cool fight scenes and the the coolest part about this is to me it is shot and edited and directed like an 80s action movie was yes it it really really looks like and feels like 80s action and to but kick at a that smaller off, scale like it's 80s action in a like leave it to beaver like nice home family oh yeah that's true which like, just it's, adds it's to compact. like the weirdness of like this yeah. feels weird but i love it and it's got a bitchin soundtrack which just is this 80s synth stuff which just i don't know amps it up for me and it was it was so cool and it's a movie that like i will just go back and watch 
you know, a couple times a year so far because it is so fucking cool. Good movie. Yeah, this I is a good love one. it. Good pick, Rumi. I'm going to do a comic book, Rumi. Ooh, okay. So this is a web comic, but you can also buy it. Image published uh, a couple issues of it. Uh, it's in, in trades now. Okay. And this is a comic called Kill Six Billion Demons. And Whoa. it is one of the coolest books I've ever gotten to read. And it's still going on. It's a web comic. You go to the website and you can read as much of it as you want. Um, and it's, it's totally worth checking out because it's got incredible world building, amazing creatures, demons, devils, ancient gods, crazy worlds. It's so much fun to read. So much good art. Uh, but it, it, the, here's the plot. When her boyfriend is kidnapped by a genocidal angel, Allison Ruth rushes to save him. Now, this sorority sister barista business major is stranded in an alternate dimension and endowed with awesome but incredibly inconvenient powers. There is a way out, but it takes everything Allison has. It, it's insane. She goes to this, like, basically heaven and hell are the same place. It's just all together on this one giant world. And the buildings are built out of the... Uh, petrified carcasses of ancient angels. So, like, these cities are built out of these skeleton corpses and all the demons are incredibly well-designed. There's all these weird cities. Like, think about every page you turn is, like, the cantina scene from Star Wars. Like That's awesome. Freaking cool. And it's, you know, the fish out of water. She, she has some powers and she shouldn't have them. And everybody's trying to figure out what to do with her. All these factions are fighting over her. Um, and it's just a great, great book. Really fun to read. Really cool characters. And I cannot recommend it more. I would love to see this as an anime. You couldn't do it as a movie. It's too big. If you could, I, you know, hats off to you. But I think it should be a cartoon at least because it is gorgeous, amazing. But I mean, it's a phenomenal webcomic. So read it. Go find it. SixBillionDemons.com. Are you getting a cut of that? No, that's the thing. We're not getting a cut for any of this shit. Are you one of the, are you one of the demons? <laughs> mm, I don't know. Uh, well, all right. If we're going to comics, I'm going to go to one of my favorite comics. You know, I got into comics in 2007 when I was on I Am Legend, and I was just kind of picking up things that look cool. Punisher Max was one of the first ones for me. Spider-Man, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man was one of the first ones for me. And Mark M Miller, or Mark Millar, depending on how you say it, wrote a comic that was drawn by J.G. Jones called Wanted. And on the cover, at least the, the trade that I bought, is a guy with like a cool looking, you know, tactical looking face mask that looks almost like a gas mask. It looked really cool. And I picked it up and it was like, it said it's something like uh, mature readers. And I was like, oh, that look, I flipped through it and it was shooting and killing. And I was like, all right, let's try this. I'm a mature reader. <laughs> I'm not, but I was like, I could read big boy words, <laughs> physically capable of reading them. You guys may be familiar with the movie that came out with um, Professor X and. Well, Brad Pitt's wife is in it, Morgan Freeman's in it, and some stupid fucking loom that tells people to kill people. That's not what the book was about. At all, right? No, None of that shit. Not, like, it, Are they the, bending bullets in the book? No, but it's like super basic principle. Here's the, Here is the principle, and I love this. The book starts with an old guy who kind of looks like um, Brett Butler type of guy. And he is this weird sexual deviant guy who is just about to have this weird orgy in his room and someone tries to assassinate him, like a, a sniper tries to shoot him. He jumps out the window with some guns to chase this assassin. He's got what appears to be like black Spider-Man socks on and they allow him to like run up the wall. So already you're like, wait, what is going on here? 
He catches the assassin and kills him. But while that happens, that whole thing was a trap and an assassin even further away with a special gun blows that guy's head off. Then it cuts to this guy named Wesley who looks just like Eminem and he's got a ho-hum job. His girlfriend's cheating on him. Everyone treats him like shit. He's just like a pissant. Like everyone hates him. He's a dork and he acknowledges it. The rest of the book is told through his POV and he is complaining about every facet of his life. He walks into like a Burger King place and this girl named the Fox walks in and says, listen, you are the legacy of this supervillain named the killer. And his power was he could just fucking kill easily all the time, never missed. And that was like a power that he had. You have that power. You just got to unlock it. And you are the heir to his legacy. And she explains to him, you know, over the course of the next book or so that all the supervillains a long time ago eventually teamed up. They were able to get their shit together, team up. They killed or banished all superheroes, made the whole world forget about supervillains versus superheroes, and they only remember inklings that are pretty much told in comic books. So now supervillains run everything and they're called the fraternity, but they don't like go out and try to take over the world. They've already taken over the world. So it's just basically like a super criminal mafia. But they try to stay off the radar and they do shit like that once in a while, but because they're so powerful, they can, you know, cover it up. So while that happens, there's five different families of supervillains that run everything. And one of them is this guy named Mr. Rictus, who's essentially like super crazy uh, Red Skull type of guy. And he wants to go back the way it was. So he stages a coup that lasts throughout a couple pages or a couple issues of the book where he starts to fuck up the fraternity and try to take over shit, you know, old fashioned supervillain way. And it's up to Wesley to stop him. It is, I just think it's so fucking cool. And part of that is because I hadn't really read a lot of comics leading up to that. So I was used to comics like that you and I grew up on where it was like, oh, old chum, this is how comics are. And it was like, whoa, this guy's just fucking blowing people away. And it was very, it was drawn very violent. So when a bullet killed somebody, they got fucked up. Um, And Wesley starts to get, he does, they don't have bullet bending, but he can literally shoot the wings off of a fly, like the first time he uses a gun. And he's just that good with it. So I just thought it was so fucking cool. Um, have you read this book? No, I haven't. You got to check it out. Wanted by Mark Miller and uh, J.G. Jones. I have a couple pages from it. And I just think it's so fucking cool. It's such a great premise. And it's funny because I read that the writer, Mark Mil- Miller, Mark Millar, he wrote Civil War. He wrote Old Man Logan. Um, he wrote uh, Superman Red Sun. A lot, a lot of books that you know he wrote. He told a story at the, at the end of the book where when he was younger, he asked his older brother why he never saw Superman in real life. And his brother came up with this like older brother bullshit story about, oh, didn't you know? The supervillains killed all of the superheroes and now they run everything. They just do it quietly. And they told like his brother was fucking with him as a kid. And he remembered that when he grew up and started writing comics and he wrote a comic about it. I thought that's such a cool, such a cool gener- you know, genesis of that story too. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I remember the movie and I, despite the stupid loom, the movie was pretty good. Pretty fun. You know, I hated it at first because I loved this book so much and the movie just went in such a different and I thought needless direction. And the loom was just absolutely ridiculously stupid, but I've rewatched it again. And as an action movie, it's got some really cool sequences and they're done really well. You're like ambitious sequences that are done well. And it does hearken to the book in a couple spots, but definitely they're just 
apples and oranges as far as comparing the two straight. But if you guys haven't read it, and if you like, it definitely reads well as an action story. So if you haven't read it, check out Wanted. Like it is one of my top books. Like I'll read that once a year. You know what I mean? I really? just I just love it because it's just it's it's a popcorn you know movie in a book though. You know what I mean? The art is yeah. really fun. Whether you just read it quickly or or scan you know scan every page or really look at every page, there's so much great shit to do there, and it's just super cool action stuff man it's 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 pretty cool definitely gonna check that out yeah when i'm back in town let me borrow that book bro all right while we're on crazy over the top action i'm gonna go with a movie called ricky O. oh yes now this is one that i have i know what it is but i've still never seen it seriously yeah so this came out in 1991 and it is super over the top violent prison movie based off of a uh, a manga I don't even know how to like explain what it is, but it's a it, so this is it's a Japanese movie that's just ridiculously over the top. This guy goes to prison, wrongly accused, and while he's there, there's it's run by all these gangs, and the gangs are headed up by these like super villain type characters. Like one guy's super strong, one guy's like a tiny guy, but he has like throwing knives that he can you know get you with and. The warden's a complete monster asshole and then literally turns into a monster later. Like, it's very bizarre. This is the movie where he has a super punch. Like, he can punch through anything. Like, if he gets all wound up, he'll, like, punch through a guy's intestines and punch, like, two guys are punching each other and their fists meet and, and hit each other in the fist and this one guy's arm just explodes. It's ridiculously over the top cheesy gore cheesy violence but really fucking bloody it's a bizarre movie though because it's super campy do you know what year it is yeah it's 1991 but it feels like it's like from the 70s or something like the weird campiness of it and like the warden has this like shithead kid who every time he's on screen there's like a like silly music that accompanies it and there's always this like like quote unquote funny little bits, but they're not funny because you're stuck in a prison and this like these t- wardens like torturing people. See now, this movie for me was um, like before the internet, before you could get shit, before I lived in Los Angeles and go to midnight screenings of like wacky shit. Yeah. This was like a cult movie that I'd heard about, like in high school. I'd heard people talking about it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, this is definitely like early internet shock factor stuff they'd show pictures from this because it's it's pretty shocking but nowadays the effects are pretty dated and it's cheesy but it's that adds to me that adds to the sort of ridiculousness of it well uh, tonight i got shitty movie and i was gonna put um your buddy Dave and your dave's cicada in the vote but maybe i'll put this one in there as well um yeah you it's definitely good for shitty movie sunday you might want to you might want to put that in there so what, what's your next one? Uh, all right. I got a couple more here. Let's, um, I'll keep going with comics, I guess. This is one I think you've read, and it's called Fury Max. I don't know if I've read this one. Which one is this? So this is in the early imprint of, of Max by Marvel. They did one called Fury Max, and Garth Ennis wrote it. Now, Garth Ennis wrote a newer one called My War Gone By, which is another Fury Max. That one has to do with Vietnam. This goes back. This is 2001. It's written by uh, Garth Ennis, and it's drawn by Derek Robertson and Jimmy Palmiotti. J- Derek Robertson drew um, Punisher Born. 
Oh, and cool. This is a bitchin' action movie comic. For those of you who don't know and haven't listened to our other episodes where we talk about Marvel's Max series, the uh, uppercase M-A-X series from Marvel is like essentially their rated R line. There's some nudity, there's sex, there's a ton of fucking violence and blood. And uh, I started reading the Punisher Max series back in, it's it's a 2000 series, but I started reading it in 2007 and it totally sold me on it. And uh, I got this one. This is a four issue series and it's got S.H.I.E.L.D. has been taken over by a bunch of suits. So it's not really the bitchin' baller espionage group it was before and Fury is kind of fed up with it. And Fury is this old curmudgeon guy who's just the most ultimate badass. And there's like a running gag through the whole thing where every time he walks into a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, they're telling him he's got to put his cigar out that you're not allowed to smoke in public anymore. And he ends up putting it, he ends up putting it out in his, in his, in his guard's eye because the guard was a pain in the ass. So <laughs> it's just he's that kind of guy. And uh, he, he sits down with an old, um, old enemy of his, I think it was someone from HYDRA or AIM, and they're sitting at a bar and they're it's a, it's a great scene and they're bitching about how like you know wars aren't wars anymore they're corporate they're pansy it's not really fighting like it used to be and the bad guy alludes to yeah well if i just took over an island that had a nuke you'd have to come and stop me right and fury's like oh absolutely but like that's crazy we would never do that and they kind of laugh it off but you know the the bad guy kind of looks at him and is like see you soon and that's exactly what happens the bad guy ends up taking over this island that has nuclear capabilities and you know the shield doesn't want to stop it because it's you know apolitical and blah 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 and fury's like fuck that i'm gonna go in there with some commandos and it's just a great fucking you know 80s 90s action movie where he just goes in and he's shooting people blowing people up and he's just ruthless and it really is to me that's my nick fury yeah does he have the eye patch yet? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 contemporary. That's the thing. Is it supposed to be him kind of past his prime? You know what I mean? Like it's not. He's not wearing the old blue, you know, jumpsuit with the white holsters and stuff. He's in a trench coat, and then later on, he's in commando gear. And it's supposed to be like you know, Shield and the rest of the Marvel universe has kind of left him behind. And you know, thanks for the memories, but that's not really how it's done anymore. And he's like, fuck that. This is how it's done. And he just destroys people. And Derek Robertson's art, he did the boys too. Derek Robertson drew the boys. It's yeah. just fucking awesome. Just destroying people. He draws a really cool, curmudgeonly old, no bullshit Nick Fury. And it's funny. It's written really well. It's it's it, it, For me, I loved Ennis's Punisher stuff. If you liked Ennis's Punisher stuff, there's no way you're not going to like this. And they kind of revisited the Fury Max series by going back in time recently i think it was about five years ago maybe and uh they did my war gone by which was a newer Derek robertson and that artist gore uh, it's goran parlov who did some really cool punisher max stuff as well his art is cool i didn't think this story was nearly as strong as the the punisher max one that uh sorry the fury max that i'm pushing from 2001 it's only a four issue series it's got great covers by bill sinkevich um it's got like it's got a cover um, where he Fury, old Fury is walking and he looks like a nursing home person and he's walking with a walker and the walker has like a thousand guns taped to it. It looks so fucking cool. <laughs> it's just a really cool cover. It's, you know, showing him in his later days, but he's still badass. It's super cool. So yeah, 2001 Fury Max. If you haven't checked that out, it is 
totally worth it. It's 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 Derek Robertson and it's Garth Ennis in their absolute prime, in my in my opinion. You know, it's kind of funny because all the stuff that we're mentioning, we're both like, yeah, fucking great. People getting blown to pieces, like eyeballs flying everywhere. People get stomped in the head. Everybody dies. Blood and guts everywhere. Uh, we sound like total morbid freaks. Would you have a love story next? The last one you're going to do is be like, I love Shakespeare and love because not a lot of people realize. Because I really like it when, when Gwyneth Paltrow puts on a mustache and there's something weird that I didn't Dude, know I, I find attractive. Love that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to do a cartoon, a kid's cartoon. Oh, nice. Okay. Lay it on me. So I, I love animation. I love good cartoons. I think cartoons are really fun to watch and there's been a couple that I really enjoy and and I'm going to mention one briefly but talk about another one uh, a little more in depth. Regular Show is a weird bizarre show with tons of episodes. Like you could just watch this for a year and and never run out of episodes. And that one's really fun because these these characters are obviously like loser stoners, but it's a kids cartoon so they can't do that. So it's like a squirrel Oh, no, it's a raccoon and a bluebird are like best friends and they're just the lazy kids at a park. But like every episode halfway through their laziness like rips open a portal and now moon monsters come and are like about to destroy the park they work at. And at, at the end of every episode, their boss is like, clean it up, you know, so it's pretty hysterical. And every time they go to get hot wings, it's obvious that's like the sort of the implement for getting drunk. Like whenever they eat hot wings, they're immediately <laughs> drunk afterwards and they're like, you're the best. I want you to know that you're the, they act drunk because they've been eating hot wings and it makes no sense, but it's hysterical. There's a, like a bunch of seasons, a bunch of episodes and a movie hysterical. I wanted to bring that up, but the one I wanted to talk about, this was actually recommended to me by a friend at work, Cade Wilson, and it was Gravity Falls. Have you heard okay. of this? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm familiar with it. I've seen a couple episodes and it's actually Gravity Falls. If funny enough, has some tie-ins to Rick and Morty They're the, the, the creators of it are both friends and they kind of throw homages at each other throughout their seasons. But Gravity Falls is like the X-Files in like rural America. It's this, these kids for the summer go up to like Northern, Northern Washington, I guess it's kind of somewhere uh, on the Northern West coast and they're up there and they're, great uncle owns like a shitty tourist trap called the mystery shack and while they're there there's like bigfoots and gnomes and zombies and all these paranormal and bizarre activities that are somehow tied to secrets within gravity falls and they're trying to figure out what the secrets are while encountering all these monsters and it's just fun it is for kids but at the same time like had some really cool moments and really well done things for a cartoon. Like how many cartoons do you know deal with like shapeshifters as a concept? Like cool stuff like that. I think it's only like two seasons or something I think you've said Two before. seasons. That's it. And it wraps up. It actually has an ending too. And the ending's really cool. See, I've seen it. I feel like I was babysitting somebody, probably a baby, and they were watching it. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Like I would watch this. And I just never got my shit together enough to watch it but it seems like something that i would do and i bet you it's on a on a, a streaming service it's on hulu sure. yeah it's oh. on hulu that's where i watched it maybe i should do that because dude you turned me on to rick and morty and i can't stop watching and i watched i must have watched every episode eight or nine times and it still is funny but this, i should probably go back and start this is worth checking out calls. for sure it's i definitely don't think it's as uh sardonic or as like sarcastic as rick and morty but the I think it's just really creative and the characters are fun and you know, you kind of get into it. It's, it's really good. Really fun. All right. 
Let's check What's your out. last one, man? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, I got one more. And this like that, I think there's probably people who are going to be like, oh, I know this movie. But maybe not everybody does. Um, this is an old Ryan Johnson movie. I say old, it's 2005. But it's a movie called Brick. Have you seen it? Oh, is this the David Gordon? No, Joseph. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There we go. <laughs> yeah, this movie, this movie, I kind of stumbled upon. A person told me to check it out because it was good, but didn't really explain why. And when I put it in, I was sold immediately. It's 2005. Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a Ryan Johnson directed crime thriller slash mystery. It opens. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a high schooler and his old girlfriend has been murdered. And he's trying to get to the bottom of who and why. Now, this is pretty cool, and I like the concept in and of itself, but it is handled to the dialogue as a old film noir. So Yeah, it's like a it's, noir mystery. If you read the script out of context, you would think that it took that it, you'd think that it was adults talking in the 50s. But it is, you know, high schoolers, or at least people playing high schoolers, in contemporary times talking in high school so like literally like you know he'll go and strong like joseph gordon levitt is just some kid you know in high school and he'll go strong arm another kid for some information then he'll get too close to the to the truth and some bad kids will kick his ass but while they're doing it they're talking in dialogue from like the 50s it's super fucking cool so like Um, noir like as a trope as a genre one of the big things about noir is over exposition. Hi, you came in to see me, huh? Where'd you get my name? From downtown or somewhere much further away? You know, like everybody talked like over, uh, they over explained everything. There was always these funny terms like he had a mean mug, one that only a mother could love. And you're like, like way too much information. There was a lot of dialogue that felt like they were talking to themselves um voiceovers yeah, and stuff like that like it, it, it and and this movie took all of those old tropes and really put them into this movie and i think super effectively to what aaron was just saying here's like a quick dialogue exchange between two different guys okay so Rumi, you be the first guy i'll be i'll be brendan okay hey what are you doing here just listening all right you got me i'm a scout for the gophers been watching your game for a month but that story right there just clenched it you got heart kid how soon can you be in Minneapolis? Yeah. Cold winters, but they got a great transit system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a thesaurus in the library. Yeah, is under Y. Go ahead. I'll wait. Like, that's <laughs> the kind of exchange that they have. And like, you know, sometimes I feel like when you take something and transplant it, like, you know, Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann style. I, I love that movie. But sometimes those things, those kind of mashups don't work when you take contemporary setting and put old-fashioned shit in it or vice versa sometimes that doesn't really work but sometimes it's great and i think this movie brick is the a great example of it it just it had me hooked from the get-go and i gotta tell you joseph gordon levitt does an incredible job and i think a different casting could have sunk this movie but he he seems to get it i think ryan johnson as a director was able to direct him correctly and it just leaves you wanting more. You want to see a series starring this hard-boiled, you know, junior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it was raining when she came into detention. It's, and it, it's that kind of stuff. But it's, you know, the way that they talk about shit and stuff. 
It's hysterical. One whole conversation happens in the back of a van while one of the kid's mom is driving them around the block. And it's like, it's just so fucking, I think it's so fucking smart. And it does a great, great job. So uh, that's my last one for for this. If you guys haven't checked that out, go see Brick. Um, If you guys haven't read these books, seen these movies, I mean, we still have what, six or seven things here that we didn't even get a chance to talk about. So we'll oh, do, yeah. if you guys listen to this episode a lot, we'll do a follow-up with other other things, hidden gems that you may have missed. Uh, we have songs that we didn't even get to talk about. Some yeah, more comics and stuff. Um, it, it's, it's definitely worth, it's definitely worth it. So, you know, the stuff that we're, we're, we're suggesting here, if you guys trust our other um, critiques and suggestions and criticisms, Check it out. I bet you'll like some of them. Again, we'd love to hear for you. So let us know. Did we forget anything? Any other hidden gems that we should have included? Or uh, any of these that you like, dislike? Let us know. Absolutely. You can let us know on our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook at LaunchpadPod. Or check us out on the web, LaunchpadPod.com. And on that website, every Monday, you can catch Destroyer, the official comic book of the Launchpad Podcast. All right, here is your Pulp Culture Countdown for the Hidden Gems. These are the ones that we picked that, if you're going to pick any of these, we think it should be these ones. At number five, we did a tie, because Ruby and I didn't want to split them up. But uh, <laughs> Sometimes we play well together, other times we're like, no man, this this is serious, I, I stand by these. There was a big dust cloud and lots of feet and fists flying and punch noises. <laughs> it's been a while since we did that. I'm too old to do that shit now. I know, I would hurt something for sure. <laughs> Well, for number five, we got pulling in. It's a twofer, so I'll do mine. You could do yours. I'm putting right. Equilibrium. The number five is my action movie. I think that's one of those movies that I cannot believe that more people don't know about. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And at number five still, I went with a also badass fight movie, The Protector. This movie has a long-ass Steadicam fight scene that is so fucking cool. Among others, that's not the only good fight scene in that movie. There's a lot of good fight scenes in that movie, but Tony Jaw kicking ass awesome movie the protector that's number five and number four we're rolling right into one of my favorite creature features of the past few years i love sharing it with people i shared it with some people this year and they were like that was awesome how did i never hear about that i was like nobody's heard about this movie it's freaking great splinter this is a great creature feature really cool horror movie some some just a good setup simple premise badass stuff i love it that's number four splinter keep rolling oh man i got them all at number three, I got Kill Six Billion Demons. This is a webcomic that you have to check out. It's so creative. It's so well done. It's so well drawn. I love the worlds they've created. I love the mythos they've created. And just every page is just so awesome to look at. It's like going into the canteen at Star Wars, like I said. Just tons of cool aliens. Every page, you're just, what is that demon? Oh, what's he got going on? What's happening here? So cool. Worth checking out. Please read Six Kill kill six billion demons if you haven't read kill five billion demons do you still like able to know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) that's a stupid joke but i like i was like should i not say it and i was like no no no, that's a good joke i like that joke (laughs) good thanks ruby you're my standard aside from like myself and i'm really the only one that i normally care about if i think you'll like it it's a good joke or it's at least worth telling you like i don't care every other of our listeners could shit on that joke but if Rumi laughed i'm keeping it in the show You want to hear a chicken joke? Fuck yeah. All right. I heard this from a guy named Roger. Uh, Word up, Roger. I'm going to use your chicken joke now. Um, So, (laughs) Why does a chicken coop have two doors? Why? Because if it had more doors, it'd be a chicken sedan. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so dumb, but it's a good joke, right? I like that you categorized it as a chicken. Well, I guess you couldn't call it a, a car joke because then it ruins it. Want to hear a blind person joke? Okay. So I was blind person the other day. He's got a seeing eye dog. Seeing eye dog is sniffing, 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 not helping the guy cross the street. Lifts his leg, takes a leak right on the guy's foot. And the guy leans down and gives the dog a treat. And I'm like, does he know that he just got peed on? So they're sitting there and they're waiting. The whole light cycles through and the light goes again and turns green. Boop, boop, boop. And instead of crossing the guy across the street, the dog is sniffing around, takes a leak on his shoe again. And the guy leans down and gives him a treat. And I'm like, I don't know if he knows he's being peed on. So I walked over to the guy and I was like, hey, you know that your dog is peeing on you, right? And the guy's like, yeah, and I, I know. And I was like, why do you keep giving him treats? He's like, I just want to try to find his mouth so I could kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Beth told me that joke last night. You remember Beth? We worked on the Oscars with her. Oh, yeah. I had her over for dinner last night and she told me that blind person joke. And that being said, you have to be blind if you haven't read our number two book, Wanted. That's number two on our list. You got to read this book. Mark Miller, Mark Millar, depending on how you want to say his name, drawn by J.G. Jones. It Jeremy, is, help us, help us, help us pronounce yeah. these people's names. Well, it's Miller's name is M I L L A R. So I've heard it said Millar, and I've heard it said Miller. But Mark, let us know, let us know what you are, Mister Mar- Millar or Mister Miller. Either way, you're a f- great fucking writer, and J G Jones killed it with his style on that book. If you guys, whether you like the movie or not, you got to read this book. And because it's if you not just at like all like the movie. No, it's just got the bare bones of the idea of the first act of the movie, but. It is just so fucking cool. I, I would say it's in your face, but that sounds like such a 90s thing to say. But it's just so fucking cool. It's to the max. Yeah. Extreme. <laughs> it's so extreme. <laughs> Willy wow. It's so cool. Check out Wanted. That's number two. And our number one, I think we both agree, is Brick. Ryan Johnson from 2005. Film noir set in contemporary high school setting. Super, super cool. If you want to see really good acting, really good directing, and a great idea, check out Brick. Well, and for all the things that we were like, yeah, head explode, brains, eyeballs, yeah, blood, violence, like this movie, I mean, it's a mystery. There is some violence to it, but it this isn't like over the top. This is actually a, a, just a really cool atmospheric mystery. Take Take a gritty 1950s noir movie and refit it to a high school, and that's basically what you get. Um, my buddy Andy Curtis turned me on to this movie, and uh, definitely, definitely was worth checking out. Yeah, so check those out, and let us know. Like we said, did we miss anything else? Of the things that we just talked about today, would you put any of those higher than these on our top five? Let us know what you guys think. We always love hearing from you guys. Um, and if you guys listen to this episode, we'll do more to come because... There's other things that me and Aaron think that we know more about other people that they should know. (laughs) (laughs) Well put, Rumi. You want to blast this thing off? Yeah, let's do it, dude. All right. Three, two, one. (laughs) All right, dude. Who are we? We are the Rocketeers, my friends. Thank you for listening. And we are out. Sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off.